what about the the others? I'm curious about. Well, you kind of tied in the two. What about the the nephew and uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, you mean the one I'm trying to ignore? You mean the yeah. one I'm trying to not? The one I'm trying. <laughs> I mean, I was no, just that, curious, you know. You... No, no, I'm glad. I, I appreciate that. I was definitely leaving it. At that. <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna see if he sees this one. Uh, that's <laughs> great. That's great. That's great. That's great. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I think it brings a lot of sadness. I think it brings a lot of sadness. Mm-hmm. Um, both my brother and his son, which is my nephew, they're both incarcerated right now. Mm, and um and i remember my nephew was uh you know i was when he was young his mom she didn't she was really like not really providing our family a lot of opportunity to connect with him as much as we wanted to Mm. my brother has spent a lot of my nephew's life in jail and um when my, my nephew was featured in this documentary um the statement he said on screen was um my dad is in jail and I don't think I ever remember seeing my dad not in jail. Wow. And to now have them both there. I mean, my brother had got out for many years and and just uh, got sucked into the mess, the madness of Oakland streets. And, yeah. And, um, and so now they're both there. It was just kind of like, it, it's, it's sad, right? It's sad to me that I, I, who, I work with young people. I work with young men. I work with men. And I have, I'm powerless against my own family, you know? Mm. How men cry. That's what our guest has been talking about. Dexter Spitz is a poet, he's an entrepreneur, he's an engineer. Um, he is on a movement around making space for men to talk about our wellness and our health and our mental health. Here's one of the quotes I want you to think about. He says, with how men cry, we're not even really just talking about physical tears. It's really about all the different ways that we can cry out, essentially from not processing pain or trauma or some of these things that we hide behind the mask. Where do we get a place to cry out? I really want you to really lean into this conversation around men, tears, and how we break free from those worries about what what people are going to think of us, about what we are going to break free from the idea of conversations with other men where we say, hey, brother, I see you, and I'm here for you, and I'm going to have no expectation of you, but I want you to know that if you need to emote in some way, that I can hold space for you. I think oftentimes the fear of what another man would say may cause us to not even ever let ourselves be fully seen. The work that we're doing in Ever Forward Club is started with that. It started with a lunchtime meeting with some young men and that circle, those lunchtime circles is what has created this, this movement 19 years later. And I'm so excited for Dexter Spitz and uh, they were just featured in Forbes online and that is a great recognition for his work and so in this conversation we talk about our own masks and we talk about how sometimes as we battle through challenges in life whether they may be emotional challenges substances where they may be thoughts that go through our minds family challenges past traumas things that are passed down through our dna that we don't even know is happening 
those are the conversations that we need to have with men and boys and everyone around the world. And we're excited in these conversations that we continue to get to meet men who are willing to share their mask. If you haven't made a mask yet, you know, you can do that at millionmask.org anonymously. And I'm excited about this conversation. A couple of things I want to just give you some heads up on in terms of not only this movement that we are doing with the Million Mask Movement, but uh, what's coming up. So the millionmaskmovement.org, so millionmask.org, um, is a digital tool that's available to schools all over the world. Um, we created for being able to serve schools that we weren't able to send materials to or they weren't able to come to a training. And so you have access to that right now. Over this summer, we will be building out the next version of that tool. We will have our Social Emotional Leadership Academy with young men here in the Bay Area. And if your school, wherever you are in the world, needs some extra supports, please don't hesitate to reach out to us around that. Um, we're excited that these conversations allows us to meet more people that are really passionate about making space for men of all ages, from all backgrounds, to have these healthy conversations. And then for anyone listening, they get a chance to recognize that all men are not the same but that we all are human and fully human. So please enjoy today's episode with Dexter Spitz. Um, I'm excited about our partnership in the future, about how we can work together and making sure that people around the world realize that they're not alone. And if you've been ever felt like you were alone, if you ever thought that, if you felt that recently, I want you to know that there's so much more to you than anybody can see by just looking at you. Thank you for being a part of the Million Mask Movement. Thank you for listening. And please, uh, if you have any questions for us, please um, write us. Um, share the podcast with somebody who you think can benefit from it. If there's anyone you think we should be talking to, please nominate them. Let us know about them. Give us a review. Let us know how we can continue using this content to serve the needs of our communities. Thank you for being a part of the Million Mask Movement. Thank you for being a part of the Taking Off the Mask podcast. We'll see you soon. Dexter Spitz, welcome to the Taking Off the Mask podcast. I'm glad to have you. What's going on, man? How are you? Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm glad you're with us. Um, um, how about this? Just to get us started, will you introduce yourself? Tell folks what you want them to know about you before we jump into these masks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my background, I have a formal job kind of as a nerd, uh, but also have um, been a run, ran some startup companies for a while now. My most recent project being called uh, How Men Cry, which is actually centered around changing narratives around men's mental health and uh, vulnerability and just kind of normalizing the, the conversations of going to, um, you know, seek help. So Essentially, I use um, my skills within music and most recently uh, spoken word and uh, literary material to kind of open up these um, these uh, conversations, either through my performance or through uh, facilitated talks. Well, well, thank you, Dexter, for um, being here on the show. I appreciate this and I'm excited to be in this conversation with you. I was really um, excited to to learn about you and learn about your work. And, um, you know, these conversations are what we're trying to normalize. And I'm really excited the work that you're doing, um, how men cry. Uh, it's a topic that's actually probably pretty provocative for a lot of men, right? Sure. Like how, how, how do we cry or, or why we don't do we? cry, right? Like <laughs> all the layers of 
where crying shows up in our lives, you know, if if we allow it to, you know, and making mm-hmm. room for it. And so I think I'm I'm excited to uh, to learn more about that and also about you. So thank you for being here. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, one of the things with How Men Cry is we're not even really just talking about physical tears. It's really about all the different ways, you know, that we can cry out um, essentially from not processing pain or trauma or some of these things that, you know, you would probably say we kind of hide behind the mask. So there's definitely a lot of synergy with, you know, the two um, conversations that we're having. Right on. Well, I'm... I know that crying was always a, a taboo in my growing up, you know, so and I didn't have a father around. So there was definitely no man showing me, oh, here are the times that give here's some room to do it. It was always like boys don't cry. Men don't cry. Suck it up. Be a man. Man up. Like all the things that made you not be able to cry out, even when there were things that I mean, I think technically should have warranted you being able and and not feeling afraid to cry out for support, for help, for care, for love, for validation, for all the things that we're told we're not supposed to need. Right. I think those Mm -hmm. are, those are challenging. So I'm excited. I'm excited to learn more about that project and I look forward to, so as a guest, you get to decide who goes first and I'm, and you already have your mask. So I'm, I'm kind of getting mine finished here. You, um, you get to decide who goes first. So either you go first or I go first and the guest gets to decide. I guess I can go first. I'll give you the time to finish. Oh, no, no, no. And uh, you know, I, the, no the, I was planning that we were going to either do it together or I would do it, you know, or diff- with you. Yeah. But you already have yours. So don't whatever you decide, it will work. I, I don't mind either All right. way. All right. So do I show I'm assuming I show the mass side first. And just then, the front. Yeah. Just folks. We have folded in half yeah. or however you have it set up. Yep. Yeah. Um, so we ready for the big reveal. Do we do like a drum roll? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I imagine an engineer may do something like that. I'm, I'm not gonna. Um, I, I, I don't have any sound effects over here. We we we, we just plain simple right here. Just, this, is, this is like my office, you know, it's like like a studio office, you know. Um, so this would be this would be mine, my uh, my little dopey mask looking here. Um, mm. But I have courage, smarts, and strength. Um, would definitely be kind of the values that I feel like I show, or at least um, I would say people also feel like I kind of lead with. Um, now, do I flip now, or do I wait for you? <laughs> no, well, you well, the, the guest gets to decide the flow. So, do you want to say anything about any of those on the front? You want to say anything about any of those words? So, any... so one uh, kind of to the point that you were saying about what was what you were able to show and, you know, not able to show coming up for sure around things like courage, um, which I have since heard <laughs> that courage is, you know, feeling fear or feeling nerves and kind of jumping out there to do something anyway, where I think probably the way that I learned um, about that word was more so like, you ain't afraid of nothing. You're not scared of nothing no fear, no, whatever all of that is. And then, you know, presenting in in the world that way, which just isn't even realistic, you know? Um, And then I would say, I just put smarts as a more over and encompassing thing of just trying to show your, you know, um, your level, like 
the world has changed in a bit where the way that we almost kind of get ahead or show your, you know, dominance in the world, if you will, is through the way that we're savvy and, you know, kind of navigate all these different pathways. Or if you work in a company, it's how you navigate with your intelligence and all these things to climb your way up, all of that type of stuff, where I would say um, it's less it's less ego attached for me now, but it's still, you know, kind of one of the things where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I feel good if somebody recognizes that I have this, you know, intelligence or something and then strength in, uh, I would say a physical and, you know, mental way of there's, I think strength and toughness are kind of synonyms, um, to me sometimes with how, uh, you know, maybe I still kind of, um, present, even if I, um, in the process of challenging where it comes from, uh, you know, but just these ideas of um, kind of, um, I would say, protecting from too much vulnerability. And there are benefits to it of having this strength and resilience and toughness. And um, like I've boxed for most of my life, I've like started these business and projects, and there is a level of needing to, um, kind of have a mental fortitude and toughness, but then at, at the same time, it can be to your detriment of too much of it. So, yeah. Nice. Nice. I really, I really resonate. And I, and I think um, I, I borrowed one of those words that actually I don't usually put on the front, but I actually it's a word that I, that I like. And so, um, so I go ready for me to go next. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 Thank you for, uh, for sharing that. Um, I usually have some color on my mask, but today is just it's pretty it's pretty black and white, right? I just <laughs> I drew this uh, char- this character's mask here, and the words I wrote the ri- words I originally wrote were funny, serious, and caring. Mm-hmm. And as I heard you share, I added smarts. <laughs> nice. And I and I actually I didn't I don't think I've ever used that on the front. I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've ever used that. I usually put like hardworking. Um, yeah. I've used, I mean, I've made lots of masks over the years, but I've used like, you know, like dedicated, passionate. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever wrote that I try and show people I'm smart, even though that's actually a big one. And it wasn't always. I mean, in high school, being smart wasn't cool. So I kind of tried to pretend that I wasn't a sm- too smart. So that it wouldn't create too much attention in in that way, but the journey since has been like, you know, I graduate, I, I majored in engineering, right? So yeah, I, I wanted to be smart, and in college, it was a very much different expectation, right? Like, yeah, something I just didn't feel like I was smart enough. It was like, wow, these people here. Heck of smart goodness gracious like, <laughs> you know same, you know same actually i did i did i did uh material science uh engineering okay. actually so i know that yeah. feeling of i was like oh yeah i'm i'm not that smart <laughs> mm. <laughs> i realized, <laughs> I realized that. <laughs> well i think it's like it's, a, it's, a, it's sad it's about comparing right it's a sad it's about comparing mm-hmm. right one of my mentors says comparison is a thief of all happiness right and so we find yeah. ourselves comparing to others it's always going to be somebody who's going to be smarter, have more, be able to do other things. And, and I was clear that from the high school I came from, thank goodness I was at, you know, at Cal Poly, right. I was glad to be there, right. At a top engineering school. I worked real hard, but when I got there. I was like, what the heck? What were these people eating in high school? Cause they were eating some, 
I don't know what kind of brain juice they were eating, but I I didn't get no doses of some of this stuff, you know. Like, yeah. but when you get to college, you're at the top of all the top, right? Of of of, of academically people who are in you know in the in the in the college environment, as it was in my high school where it was like competing against the top seven or eight people who were at the top of the academics and we were competing for number one, right? I think yeah. it, it turned into another place where it's like, oh, wow, this is another world, you know? Um, yeah. So I put that there and I, and I thank you for sharing that word. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to start trying to, I'm going to start incorporating that word more on the front because it's true. And it's something that I, I don't think I've always in my life been comfortable writing that, but I think something that I do want people to know. I want to, I want, I want to show people, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Appreciate it. And what um, about some some of the others that you wrote? Funny, serious, caring. Um, I think that when I think about between, let me look at the. If you look at the face, it's like almost like it's trying to smile, but it's also really <laughs> intense, right? It's like there's a little mm-hmm. curve in there, and um, I think I, I like me. I like laughing. I love laughing. Uh, I think I've had to learn as a leader in my own way of like, how do I navigate funny laughing mm-hmm. with serious because I think sometimes because I want to keep it light a lot of times I don't not always really clear mm-hmm. and so because I'm trying to keep things light and levity I'm not I'm not as clear as I need to be when I'm trying to help somebody to correct some behaviors or some some work performance right and I'm like I'm trying to take it light and be nice about it and be kind about it and and I don't always communicate the severity of it because sure. my ser- my serious is sometimes so intense. It's hard to be serious and funny at the same time. It's like, hey, I think I need you to do X, Y, Z. And they don't they don't hear the serious part in it. It only sees the funny, right? Yeah. Or the the light level hearted, right? And I think that and then by the time I've gotten to a place of frustration, then they're like, why, why hadn't you said something before? And I'm like, <laughs> I, I have been saying this for weeks, right? But I've because just been, I, I've just been smiling, <laughs> I've been smiling the whole time. And if I'm not, if I'm not actually purposely smiling, my 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 lips are shaped where I'm frowning. Like, yeah, that's just that's just I earned them from my father, right? That's that look is like a not a not even thinking about anything. Look, people are like, why are you? What are you mad about? What's happening? I'm like, huh? I'm not even what. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm, not even paying, I'm not even thinking about nothing right like but but because that look and so i always have to i'm always trying to purposely keep myself in a place of like oh hey everything's right and also because i'm a i'm six foot one i'm 300 pounds like walking down the street like you know like it's almost like trying to disarm i'm not i have no desire to i'm not into fighting i don't like fighting i'm not really have no desire to but because i, I carry this size then I'm always having to disarm. So I'm always trying to show the that the, I'm not here to create any harm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, whether I'm on the Metro or the BART or whether I'm on, you know, walking in the grocery store. And then when, you know, COVID came, then you're wearing a mask. So I'm I'm, I'm first now big presence. I got this serious look sometimes. And now all you can see is my eyes. So hopefully there's a little bit of confidence or trust there. But it's also like, how do you smile with your eyes? You know, how do you let somebody know, <laughs> hey, I'm <laughs> when you can't tell, right? So now you're like overly cautious of how the impression is made, you know? And that's one of the things. So those are the things that yeah. I too, I think sometimes too, and caring, I think is one is a newer word that I've charted using because I do want to show those things. I try to show those things. And um, 
you know, just making sure. I mean, in my community, growing up, you couldn't, I couldn't be too caring. Too, too caring is too, yeah, no, you can't do that, you know? Yeah. So that's, the, that's the, no, go ahead. Go oh, ahead, sorry. Please. Yeah. And I think, yeah, mine all have kind of like a, a duality to them. Even as you say it, if I could, if I could throw on a fourth, it would probably be um, vulnerability in there. Mm. And I would say the reason why I would do it, I actually have a, a statement that's kind of like there's a strength in uh, vulnerability too, where I think before maybe that was something that I've um, would have covered, you know, a, a lot more where now I'm, it's like more on the forefront of kind of, you know, what, what I do or what I don't mind showing, you know? Mm. So. Yeah. Now, does that, yeah. is that something that you don't mind showing? Is that something that you feel, do, do you feel yourself feeling really uh, attempting to be vulnerable in more places or do you feel it's like you're not, you're willing to do it? I would say I find myself uh, seeking to to do so more because I see the whether in personal relationships or in business or whatever it is, it actually um, is sometimes just a a strong suit of even just kind of, um, I would say disarming the conversation a bit sometimes because if it's like, hey, I actually haven't worked with this system before. I haven't worked with this, whatever it is before. And I'm still trying to, you know, learn this thing and then let's try to talk about it, you know, collectively. That is easier than just trying to go in, you know, with the kind of bullheaded approach of, well, I know how to do all of this. And then you end up not knowing how to do it, (laughs) you know, whatever it may be. I'm using a, a, a total total uh, hypothetical but i would say at at this point it's a lot easier for me to just say hey either i don't know what i'm doing or i'm kind of good at this or you're probably better at that and then just kind of starting from that place and that works you know to me across most uh relationships so nice okay well that's the front that's the front (laughs) and so now we get to make our way to the back what are you feeling? You feel like you want to go first? Ready? Sure. Yep. Okay. All right. So what I put on this one is fear, criticism, and craving. And um, the first one around fear in, in particular, kind of on the flip side of that um, strength one, I think for a considerable amount of time, I either tried to mask whatever fears would be going on Mm. um, because kind of like what you said, when you grow up, it was either a point of teasing, bullying, or just an emotion that apparently I I was not supposed to feel as a guy. And um, I would say it is easier for me to recognize when I have those moments, I may not, I will probably more likely express it to someone, you know, closer near. Mm. Um, but it is definitely a real, uh, presence because it never really goes anywhere in your life. And there are things that can come up. I give you an example from last week. 
Uh, I had a doctor's visit. I had to get my my blood drawn. I absolutely hate getting my blood drawn. It's like from from some childhood circumstance. I hate it. And so I'm literally like, I'm talking about I've been stressing about it for like two days, <laughs> which doesn't make any sense because as I'm literally getting my blood drawn, I say to the nurse, I was like, you know, because we had a whole conversation about it. And I basically said to her, I was like, it's really ironic because like I mentioned, I boxed for about 15 years. I said, you can punch me in the face. No issue. <laughs> throw, <laughs> throw me around the ring. No problem. You can, I didn't broke stuff. Don't matter. But I'm like, try to draw my blood with this eensy weensy tiny needle. And the fear <laughs> that comes back is like from childhood, you know? Um, so that's, that's one. Um, <laughs> Criticism um, for me, I'm sorry, man. Criticism for me um, is, I think, unfortunately, because uh, the way that I was raised, I had um, a bunch of criticism that was kind of projected towards me. And what I realized is that I picked up so much of that in my internal speak to myself. And it's one where even in moments of really great success, I think I will still have these moments of criticism or kind of, you know, self-doubt or feelings of not good enough or whatever it is, even if externally, you know, everything is going fine. Um, and so that's what I would say, one, that's also difficult. And it's also difficult to catch if I project it towards anyone else, um, you know, from the way that I may uh, in, internally speak. And then um, craving. So I do a pretty considerable amount of work with um, this is I'm using the word craving kind of more in connection to uh, like um, Buddhist texts, because that's a lot of how they'll frame um, some of these like pillars of what we can struggle with. And in particular, that's like, you know, chasing sensations like whatever they are i used to um you know have issues with different substances issues with you know chasing chasing feeling essentially is mm-hmm. is pretty much what you're doing so whether that's with you know dating or women or whatever it is like this continuous chase of trying to hit whatever the the high is and um that i would say is a is a more complicated struggle point that i've had to do a lot of self work you know around but then also something that's harder to articulate and sometimes just op- to also open up to around, you know, strangers and, and stuff too. Yeah. So, yeah. So, man, that's beautiful. Thank Thank you for sharing that. I really like the way you said chasing feelings. I think that's a, I mean, a lot of, first of all, I resonate in so many ways um, around the criticism, around fear, around ch- cravings, like, like, Yeah. Yeah, that that, that could have <laughs> that could have been mine right there, and I'll um, <laughs> it definitely could have been mine. Hey, folks, I am reaching out to you right now to let you know that we are inviting all of our listeners to become supporters of this podcast. If you find these conversations valuable and meaningful, you know, as we march towards a million masks, we know that. Um, it's more than just these conversations we need to have. It's more conversations in schools and in communities. And we're going to ask you to help that mission along. We're going to ask you to be a supporter. Uh, 
If you go to the bottom of the show notes, there'll be a link that says support this podcast. And we invite you to be a supporter. Figure out what area makes the most sense for you to support. And we look forward to you being a part of this movement as we make masks with people all over the world. But in these conversations, as we have conversations with men about their masks um, from youth all the way to our elders in our community. So thank you for being a part of the podcast and we'll see you soon. And um, chasing feelings. And I think that, you know, what? it's almost like, it's interesting. It's almost like uh, to avoid one type of feeling, like my, my, my addiction has been food and mostly like mm-hmm. sweets, flour mm-hmm. and sugar substances, candy. I could care less. I, I could do without bread, but you put some flour and sugar together and I <laughs> am in another world, you know, and it's chasing, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's running from feeling f- f- feelings to feeling mm-hmm. to chasing this bliss feeling mm-hmm. because it's much better to feel that than to feel the stuff I'm trying to not escape from. So it's almost like chasing yep. that feeling. Cause I'm trying to run away from that feeling. And, and interestingly, it, the one I'm chasing usually is more painful ultimately mm-hmm. health wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to, I've been naming it like this year, I've been really, being a lot more mindful of like that part, you know? So let me show mine and then I'm going to, sure, I'll I'll, I'll come back to it. So here, here's mine. Fear. (laughs) Um, My brother and my nephew, and I put proud of myself on the back, actually. Mm. These things I don't talk much about. So fear, um, and I've had the chance to talk about it more in these conversations than I ever have before, but like fear of failing, fear of, of, Fear of showing that I'm too proud of myself, right? As I, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Those are both on the back right now. I, this is the first time I've written proud of myself on the back. I was like, should I write this? Do I want to write this? And I, I think that, it, like this weekend, I did a workshop at a uni- Dominican University here in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. and um, and I, on, on the first night of the work of the training, it was a two day thing for athletes. I think I did a really good job, you know. And normally when I leave. I'm always trying to find the stuff that I did wrong because I, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very critical of myself. A lot of us are very self-critical. And I think that, I, th- I think I don't want to, I have two, two parts that I get into the fear. Like, I don't want to like think I'm good and then rest and, and take my foot mm-hmm. off of what has got me to a place where I feel like I'm comfortable in front of an audience and I can, I've learned how to like really pay attention and listen so mm-hmm. I, I think I hold back on letting myself feel proud sometimes because I'm I'm afraid it's going to go away. I'm afraid that you start mm-hmm. being proud of it and then you stop working hard to and so I, I don't know the I don't know the balance yet. I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm, I'm it's literally my first time writing that I don't talk much about that. I don't. And so yeah. somebody asked me the other week, I had done a workshop and they were like, "Oh, how did it go?" It was a text. And I was like, at first I wrote, "I did a really good job." And I changed the text. I remember changing it. And I was like, oh, um, I think it went really well. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's a small, subtle change in there. No, but, it's and subtle, from, from, but, yeah. but from saying that I did a good job to I think it went well, one is very clear. And mm-hmm. one is uh, it leaves a lot of room for possibility, right? And, uh, and I, I questioned myself why I changed that text. I sent it with I think I did a good job. I think I did okay. But I remember like fighting to write, 
I did an, I did a great job, right? Like that's, yeah. and I want, I don't want to be, I, I want to be the kind of leader who is willing to brag on myself mm-hmm. more than I'm critical of myself. I'm critical of myself. I'm, I'm no doubt about that. I, that, but I, but I need to have a balance and I often don't have a, a good balance toward the other side. So yeah, that's, that's new. And the fear part is one that I think about a lot. Um, and, but I'm, but I'm working through it. I'm slowly working through it. And I think the part of myself also, like in December, I was on a podcast and, um, I was talking about the food. I was talking about the food and the, and the, the food addictions. And I made some commitments. I grew right toward the end of the year. Like I am not waiting until December, January 1st. I'm going to start right now. I need to, I need to be more mindful. I need to be more thoughtful. I need to be more, what am I running from? Okay. I want to go eat some of that stuff. Okay. What am I running from? What am I running from? Because if I'm, if I'm going to run from feelings towards other feelings, I'm giving other priority to this other feel. I'm giving a, a priority to the feeling of that. So those are the ones that are standing out right now. And uh, yeah, thank you for, uh, thank you for sharing your mask. Yeah. What, what about the the others? I'm curious about, well, you kind of tied in the two. What about the the nephew and, uh, yeah. Oh, you mean the one I'm trying to ignore? You mean the one yeah. I'm trying to not, the one I'm trying to... <laughs> I mean, I was just curious, you know. You... No, no, I'm glad. I, I appreciate that. I was definitely leaving it at that. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to see if he sees this one. Uh, that's great. That's great. That's great. That's great. Um yeah, 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 yeah. I think it brings a lot of sadness. I think it brings a lot of sadness. Mm-hmm. Um, both my brother and his son, which is my nephew, they're both incarcerated right now. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. and I remember my nephew was, uh, you know, I was, when he was young, his mom, she didn't, she was really like not really providing our family a lot of opportunity to connect with him as much as we wanted to. Mm-hmm. My brother has spent a lot of my nephew's life in jail. And um, when my, my nephew was featured in this documentary, um, the statement he said on screen was, um, my dad is in jail. And I don't think I ever remember seeing my dad not in jail. Wow. And to now have them both there. I mean, my brother had got out for many years and, and just uh, got sucked into the mess, the madness of Oakland streets, and yeah, and um, and so now they're both there. It was just kind of like it, it's it's sad, right? It's sad to me that I, who I work with young people, I work with young men, I work with men, and I have I'm powerless against my own family. You know, mm. I'm mm. I, I feel yeah. So I don't I don't have the words sometimes because it brings up a lot of sadness. You know, like. I feel like I do a good job really helping young men find their voice and find an, an alternative path to stuff that may be easily available to them. And, and I, and I didn't, I couldn't, n- nothing that I, nothing that I, nothing that I tried seemed to work. And I know it's not my yeah. fault, right? I think sure, intellectually, sure. <clears throat> I know it's not my fault, but it's hard not to um to feel yeah. like I could have done more you know like I could have yeah. done more I should have done more 
Um, but yeah, so it's a big um, pain in my heart, you know. So yeah, and I very much um, I appreciate you, you know, sharing that too. I mean, it's um, I have you know some family members and in, in, in similar you know positions and. One, just I could understand, especially with the kind of work and stuff that you're doing, why that's tricky. And, um, you know, you did say something powerful as well, which is like, you know, it's not your fault. But sometimes that the feelings and stuff still do, you know, reside. And um, I mean, you can get me on a soapbox about just in general, the, you know, um, what's going on within the prison system within the country in, in general. But um yeah that's that was a very comp that was a hard lesson for me to learn too or that i've still been learning as well it's like giving as much support as you can and then that somebody still has you know the onus or the ultimate choice um within how they act so yeah but i do i really appreciate you sharing that yeah yeah no thank you for asking thank you i was running from it i was definitely i was definitely (laughs) running (laughs) When I wrote it, I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna not talk about that one, but I'll talk about those two. <laughs> but I, but not that I don't want, not that I'm not willing to. Like I put it there. This is what this conversation is about, right? Like, yeah. Like I'm clear where 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 I where I feel. Oh, I could talk about these things all day long, and then there's some of them when they hit, they they hit in different times and different days, right? Some days I could talk about it, and it doesn't hit me. But you know, yeah. This 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 one is present, really present right now. You know, like yeah. So those are the things that are like uh, really hot, you know. And I think I wish that. Let me ask you this because I obviously <laughs> I'm crying here. Um, mm. But your how men cry. Tell, yeah. Can you tell me, like, how did that come about? And maybe I mean we only have a few minutes left, but I want to hear about it, and I want to make oh. sure people know how they can learn more about it. But I want as much as you can tell us right now, like how did that come about? Um, yeah. Ironically, I mean, that, I started to cry here. Well, I mean, so it's it's interesting because when we uh, one quick thing is we have done a series of, of podcasts with a lot of guys too, and one of the things I actually asked them is to tell the story of a time that they that they did um, cry. But the the process of what I guess how men cry came to be was really uh, me just kind of going through my own process of uh, therapy and healing and realizing. Um, one, like what I had kind of done most of my life, which was to turn to my artistry to talk about what was going on in, internally. And that was before I even, it's a very clear line now that I look at it yeah, now. Yeah. It, it, light bulb where I was like, oh, this is where all my emotional processing is going. I'm like, duh, man. Um, but since then, what we've done is, um, you know, found it just, what we aim to be is the bridge between, hey, I'm maybe thinking about beginning therapy or beginning going on a healing journey and then actually making that phone call to do so because there's a lot mm-hmm. of space in, in between and sometimes a lot of uh, resistance points, you know, between I'm actually going to try to go into this healing journey. And um, so, you know, I aim to open up those conversations through my performance with uh, spoken word, like what's mentioned. We have literary material and as well as some like digital materials that are that are on the way to kind of help to, to solve that problem. Um, and the real deeper thing is just about 
opening up and de well opening up the conversations and just destigmatizing talking about a lot of the things that we've talked about today because um, I think a lot of men are socialized um, with certain ideas of how they have to be and what was one of the biggest striking points for me was looking at definitions of like masculinity and femininity. And when you look at the actual definitions for masculinity, it's like characteristics that are generally displayed by men or like that's some mm -hmm. paraphrasing, but that's pretty much what the definition is. And for women, it's like characteristics that are, you know, displayed by women, which is the most yeah. ambiguous <laughs> thing on the planet like that gives you no real information yet we re really strongly hold sometimes mm. to these you know ideas and um so yeah that's just a lot of what the work has been is just kind of challenging those conversations so if you um a way that people can kind of support it or get involved now is like um a simple way is just to follow along on um, social platforms. We have a lot like rolling out this year in the form of those tools that I was talking about in terms of our uh, literary material with the book that we have. And then we have a um, digital platform that we'll be rolling out as, as well. But you can kind of go at your own pace through just opening up conversations using like art, spoken words, some video material, a bunch of stuff. And then ultimately, we want to be able to um, help to maybe not necessarily pair people with um, therapists directly, but at least get them to, you know, resources and platforms that can help to better do that. Great. Well, I would love to connect you with the folks from Teams Rising, because I think that that's a powerful, sounds like a powerful tool for them, for young people, definitely for those college athletes that we met with this past weekend. And mm -hmm. also, you know, we have our Social Emotional Leadership Academy and maybe um, after your stuff comes out, that'll be starting in the summer. But, you know, maybe we could have you back and have a session with our young men in the academy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And honestly, I was just kind of having this conversation, too, is that I was like, uh, I don't know about you, but sometimes work like this can feel a bit uh, daunting, especially when you're on the forefront of it, because I realized that if when I started, I had a retail business, it's like, okay, when you start a retail business or you start a music company, you can kind of go find the little network groups pretty easily of mm. <laughs> where are these fellow entrepreneurs, but it's not that yeah. many, hey, I'm having these deep conversations about <laughs> manhood and masculinity focus groups. So, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm down to, I'm down to, you know, connect and just bounce ideas, all that stuff as much as, as much as possible, you know, and also just be a listening and, and welcoming ear. Man, let's do it. Well, man, this is just the beginning. How about you do this? How about you tell Dexter, thank you, brother, um, for being here, Dexter Spitz. Will you tell folks how they can follow you? You said social media. Tell them where that is. We'll put it all sure. in the show notes, but please let folks know how they can follow your work, and we'll make sure we get that out in the in the notes for folks. Sure. Um, yeah, so you can follow at How Men Cry, so that's just H-O-W-M-E-N-C-R-Y. And then if you want to find uh, my personal page, it's uh, Dexter Spitz, so Dexter without the E's. So D-X-T-R underscore and then Spitz. Um, if you find those pages on, uh, on uh, Instagram, pretty much you can find most of our material within the bios of, of those pages. So. Man, well, we will be putting it out there. Thank you for being a part of the Taking Out the Mask podcast, brother. 
Um, you know, what we've done here, you and I shed our mask publicly and we invite people all over the world to, you can do it anonymously. You can go to millionmask.org and share your mask there. You know, right now we're on this march towards our first big milestone towards a hundred thousand masks where our ultimate goal is a million, but we're about to hit this milestone in the next 30 to 60 days. So if you yes. haven't made a mask yet, if you've been, if you've been holding back, go make your mask today. And we look forward to you being a part of this movement of reminding people around the world that there is more to you than people can see by just looking at you. Dexter, it's been a pleasure meeting you and having this conversation with you. Yeah, thank you so much. It really means a lot to me, too. It was very much needed today. And uh, yeah, let's just let's just stay in touch. man. Oh, this is just the beginning. I already I can already feel it. <laughs> Folks, we'll see you soon. Thanks for being a part of the Taking Out the Mask podcast. We'll see you soon. Taking Off the Mask podcast is produced by Ryan Louie. Graphics are by Kelly Wong. And a special thanks to the team at Ever Forward, Vanessa Cortez and Choque Allen Alvarez. We'd like to thank everyone who's been a part of the creation of this podcast as we cross the 100th episode milestone and begin the work to the next 100. We hope that everyone who's been a part knows that they're a part of the Taking Off the Mask family. And we look forward to you being a part of it as well. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe, write a five-star review, and share as we look forward to continuing to have conversations that matter. Stay tuned for the relaunch of the Million Mask Movement on 11-11-22. That's November 11th of 2022. There's a math problem in there. You can find out more by visiting everforwardclub.org and following us on social media. Take care, and we'll see you soon.